Welcome to the Recycle Podcast, where we discuss everyday issues from a mental health perspective. We are your hosts, Dr. LaFanya Jones, Dr. Rashonda Strickland, and Dr. Nichelle Wall. Now don't get it twisted. We're not going to be your stereotypical therapists. What we will be is down to earth, informative, a little spicy, and vulnerable. All right, interns, turn up the volume, grab your pen and paper. It's supervision time. As a reminder, this podcast is not meant to take the place of a relationship with a licensed mental health professional. Welcome back to session 21, where secrets lie. Okay, interns. This session is going to be maybe a heavy one. We're going to be talking about family secrets. And basically, family secrets are just baggage from the past uh, that can sometimes be carried over over several generations. That's a tongue twister. I did not realize that. <laughs> but <laughs> it's secrets um, that's carried over from you know, generations and it's from your past and it can be the content of the secret is what is really can be really damaging. It's, it's really what counts in the information or the secret. That's the difficult. Yeah. There's levels to everything, mm-hmm. you know, so you got your really like level one secrets, mm-hmm. you know, that are kind of things like uh, birthday parties, you know, engagements, Mm -hmm. you know, things that have a hopefully a celebratory reason behind them. Mm -hmm. So, you know, those are like your level one secrets. You don't necessarily lose trust for your friends or family for keeping those secrets. Mm -hmm. Nope. It's it's that more the I can't believe you didn't tell me. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Exactly. Yeah. I had one of those. Mm -hmm. My mom's 60th birthday party. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um... (laughs) It was, Ma, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to put your age out there like that either. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But for my mom's uh, milestone birthday party, um, you know, we had to like coordinate behind her back for several, for a couple of months uh, to pull this thing off. And my poor stepfather, it was killing him. (laughs) (laughs) He was like, I don't know if I can do this no more. He was so relieved. Oh my gosh. He was distraught. Oh, he was l- distraught. Like, look, I don't like lying to her, <laughs> you know? And it's like, well, you better yeah. be honorable. Yeah. We call him step. Um, it was like, look, step, you're not lying to her. <laughs> <laughs> we're like, we're trying to celebrate something with her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He was so relieved. So you got your low level secrets like that. Yeah. And then you got your, you know, kick it, let's kick it up a notch. Mm hmm. Mm you know and that kick it up a notch can be you know financial problems yeah, would, yeah you took it sorry <laughs> no be quiet. go ahead Mm-mm. oh you already listened go ahead yeah financial problems that can be impending divorce or separations or not told during the dating phase for you all to kind omissions of omissions of truth or mm-hmm. lies mm-hmm. yes <laughs> oh, truth by a lie by omission mm-hmm. yeah um so those would be like your level two lies mm-hmm. and then you got like your level threes which are you know traumatic and uh, not that level two don't have its own level of you know trauma mm-hmm. but your next ones up are going to be your things that have you know look long-term deep rooted familial possibly generational consequences mm-hmm. you know this would be things like um I don't want to be demonetized, but, you know, uh, a Chester mm-hmm. in the family. Someone mm-hmm. that do things to people without their permission. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes young people mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and the whole family know about it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, that would be them, your big daddy family secrets. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's just an example. Of course, there are more, but that's probably the easiest one to bring up mm-hmm. as far as the examples go. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. Yeah, you know, in secrets, it, it, you really don't have any place for them unless they level one. To be honest, um, you need to allow truth 
terrain in your family systems and your friend systems and all of that kind of stuff because if not you don't you don't have freedom you just walking mm-hmm. around living a lie essentially mm-hmm. um and we know how lies go yeah and you know one of the level i would say i guess level two depending on the illness is a level two lie or secret is not sharing a serious health issue mm-hmm. you better say something about that <laughs> mm-hmm. I, you know i i think that is one of the most i don't want to say most difficult but it's a difficult secret to especially if the person end up dying yeah and you don't you didn't even know that they were sick but they yeah. knew yeah i feel like they like to say that they was trying to protect the family or protect protect the friends and things like that but i honestly feel like you don't allow the people that you chose whether by blood or by you know just happenstance to love you yeah mm-hmm. you don't allow them to grieve you don't allow them to them to prepare for your loss and I'm saying that from a place of when my grandfather passed away we didn't know until like a few months before he passed away because he had already had one battle Mm. with cancer beat it did good and we just happened to notice things when okay and so I was like hmm my mom was like Hmm. And then we just kind of started finding stuff out. And then he eventually did tell us, but I'm like, I would have rather have known as soon as you knew mm-hmm. so that we can have as much time together and we can set everything right. up the way it needs to be set up. Because at the end of the day, when you pass, I'm, I'm going to be left here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I got to deal with all these crazy jokers that you done left behind. Mm hmm. And we all crazy together. Let's <laughs> like I want to be as healthy and as stable mm-hmm. as possible. And I that's that's one reason why as soon as I found that I had breast cancer, I was like, let me go tell the office. Mm-hmm. Of course, I told my mama them first, mm-hmm. you know. But I told the office. Um, I made sure that I was very vulnerable with my journey on social media because I know I have a lot of people that love me and and want me to succeed mm-hmm. at that journey. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I'm not keeping this. I'm yeah. not carrying that burden. I don't want to carry that burden. I see what that does to the people that you love. And I also see what that does to the people that carry. You. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Absolutely. one of my experiences is with that was um, my father. So my father has now had two uh, kidney transplants mm-hmm. and the first time he had it. So I don't, for those of you who don't know much about kidney disease, when you get a transplant, you are on my God, several medications Mm -hmm. and you have to take them in order for the kidney to continue to adjust to your body. Mm -hmm. Well, the, after the first time, um, he got his transplant, he, for what, I don't know what happened for whatever reason he, he ended up running out of his medication. And like I said, he has to take that medication. Well, my mom saw the bottles on the table so she was thinking okay there he got the medication in there he's taking Mm -hmm. it or whatnot unbeknownst to her there was no medication in those bottles Hmm. but and so what he so that for me it made me fearful which turned into anger yeah um because that was a time I would consider myself banking. So, <laughs> you know, he, but he didn't say anything. Mm. He, he, his thing was, you know, the medication cost a lot of money. Cause I, I don't know what was going on with insurance and stuff mm-hmm. at that time, but you know, he was like, you know, the medications cost a lot of money and I just felt like I was being a burden and things like that. And that. I'm like, what? Like this is, this was the time I had money. Why didn't you just tell me? Yeah. And I could have exactly. sent money, you know, if it was that. And so when I, I remember when I got out there, I was so upset. It's going to get my eyes together. Get together. <laughs> but when I got, when I got to the hospital, cause he ended up back yeah. in the hospital cause mm-hmm. the kidney ended up rejecting his body. So when I got to the hospital, I only, I like, I don't even remember what I said. I just know I was just like very upset and I was talking and like, mm-hmm. damn, like, you know, and so that was the first time I had ever seen my father cry. Mm-hmm. And so my mama, she was like, okay, funny, just go to the bathroom and get yourself together 
then come out, you know. Mm-hmm. And so when I, I went to the restroom, got myself together, came back out, and I was able to talk more calm. But I was upset because I'm like, yeah. Dad, why didn't you say something? When mm-hmm. you got to become the parent. <gasps> I had to do my mama oh like my that God. when she went through her scare and she had her, um, was it a second surgery? Her second surgery, she called herself wanting to draw her own body off. And I was like, you ain't supposed to be doing it. I talked real crazy to her. And I know she's looking at me like, how are you going to share that with the world? <laughs> First of all, <laughs> I didn't say exactly what happened. Mm-hmm. But I was like, oh, you going to let me love you. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I don't care if you like it or you don't like it. Mm-hmm. This is what I'm going to do. This is why I'm here. Who else you got? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she's like, you, you got one more time to talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> I use my trump card. Yeah, and I was like, I'm going to do what I need to do. Yeah. I was like, because you're not leaving me. You all I got. Right. Yeah. Thank God I haven't, my, both my parents, well, my parents and, and my stepfather, um, I have not had to have a medical secret or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've been very blessed and fortunate in that way. Yeah. Yeah. Man, oh man. I would say another uh, kind of level two um would be like an impending divorce mm-hmm. um and I, I it, there are several ways we can describe this but i the the one way that i would say is very disturbing is when the parents are divorced and they still live together and the children don't know oh yeah can you say i've had some cli- i've had some clients like that yes that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's like, wait, what? Or can't stand each other. Mm-hmm. Why is y'all still sleeping in the bed? We staying together for the kids. The kids know. Right. Yes. They may not have a word that says, okay, y'all are divorced, but they see this crazy mess y'all doing. Mm-hmm. And it makes them uncomfortable because it's yes. tension in the house. Yeah. You teaching them this is how a relationship should be. Mm-hmm. We were here. <laughs> you walked into my brain and took them words <laughs> right out. <laughs> But I agree with both of you ladies. You know, it, it's, again, it kids are about associations. Yeah. So they learn to associate, you know, oh, well, you just stay with people and don't tell people anything about what's going on in your, your life until the very last possible second when there's no hope for return. Yeah. Yeah. And that that's you showing the people in your life that they don't really mean that much to you. And that may not be your intent. Mm-hmm. But like we said in a previous session, there's a difference between intent and impact. Mm-hmm. Yes. And your impact was garbage. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was garbage. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes people struggle with knowing the difference between, you know, keeping something personal, you know, cause you don't want to tell every single thing about yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and being a blabbermouth, you know, for I think people struggle with, it's either, one or the other like you're either overly sharing or you're not sharing at all Mm -hmm. and then the people in your life are left to kind of come up with their own storyline and what they think is happening which then kind of creates that gossiper Mm -hmm. like we were talking about in um the last session that it creates these weird again dynamics within the family because you won't at least share some of the pertinent information do you want to go into the nitty-gritty details probably not because you know it may not necessarily be um, appropriate or necessary given your audience but the highlights you know the cliff notes version of what's going on can be helpful for people mm-hmm. so that you know like you said uh, dr wall they know how to support you they know first not know how they know to support you mm-hmm. yes well and i think the other thing too is the statement that's often made is well i was just trying to protect you protect me from what i'm i can handle it just tell me. Mm-hmm. Protect me from what I'm feeling right now that's compounded by it's even worse. these extras. Yeah. <laughs> right. Where, whereas if you would just tell me what's going on, I can just deal with that emotion instead mm-hmm. of that emotion plus the fact that you've been holding on to this secret. Mm-hmm. I don't like stuff being snuck up on me. Just tell me. Mm-hmm. If you don't want me, if you got something, or if I need to prepare for something else, just tell me because if... Oh... If you make me have to act a fool, it's going to be way worse for both of us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's just the quickest way for me to not trust you. <laughs> no, absolutely. And trust is important. Mm-hmm. It is a vital part of relationships. Yeah. Something I talk about with my clients about trust is um, now I'm not going to say you're going to find this in a book somewhere, uh, but <laughs> is that you only get blind trust one time. Hmm. 
Yep. You know, you only get that. It don't matter. You know, I fully invest in everything and I, you know, I take you for who you are. You only get that once. Mm-hmm. It's And then the visual that I, cause I'm a visual person and I talk in a lot of metaphors, but um, the visual that I give my clients is like a glass vase. That vase is only going to look like that once. Mm-hmm. If I drop that vase on the ground, I can super glue the pieces back together, but mm-hmm. it will never look and function like it did yeah. before that situation happened. Mm-hmm. And trust is the same way. You will only get blind trust one time. And if you violate, you know, that trust by holding a secret and then that secret, especially if I have to find it out on my own. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I learn this information later, then the trust that I have w- with you will never be the same. We can rebuild it. We can, you know, try to do better. We can improve the relationship, but it will always be a little twinkle, a little something mm-hmm. way in the back, back, back of the brain. That's going to be like, you, you remember when mm-hmm. and insert self-protection mode. So yeah. then you have, you may not have a wall, uh, but you may have like a sheer, like a sheer curtain there. Mm-hmm. You know, well, that's when them boundaries start popping up. You know, yeah. the, the example I gave, like in one of the first episode, first sessions is that you have these varying circles around you and some people can't get close to you because they don't know how to use their access properly. Mm-hmm. And so that means you got to be way far away from me so I can see you with all my eyes and ears and mm-hmm. nose and mm-hmm. everything else because you're not it. trustworthy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and the thing is, you can you can just mess that up with a simple secret. Yep. When yep. it doesn't have to even be that way. You lie when the truth will do. Right. And and the thing is, my I'm I consider myself to be a transparent person with the people that's close to me. Mm-hmm. And my thing is, if I'm being transparent with you, I expect for you to be transparent with me. Yes. Because I would hope so. this is a reciprocal relationship. It's not just me. You getting all the 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 um the the secrets of on my life and mm-hmm. I don't have anything on exactly. you. Yeah. I, and with, not that I need to share anything about you, but I'm just saying that's what makes a relationship. A relationship is reciprocal uh, give and take of information. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mutually beneficial mm-hmm. connection. Mm-hmm. You know, that's about building bonds. And if I can't, if I don't feel like there's equality and not even that it's got to be 50 50 because I don't ever think anything's 50 50 no. or 100 zero. Mm-hmm. But if there's not some version of flow of equality between the two of us, um, and I feel like you're hiding stuff from me mm-hmm. or that you're, um, you know, purposefully trying to maneuver me and maneuver me around, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Because sometimes when you hold secrets, you got to lie. Mm-hmm. to keep the secret mm. and then you got to lie again and you got to lie about that lie and then you got to remember and then a little bit of truth is going to slip out but then it's like oh shoot let me lie to cover up that truth mm-hmm. you know yeah because then if, once you hear the the little bit of truth that came out and you're gonna be like well i thought you said that at 450 you had went to the gas station you said you went to the mall mm-hmm. girl you better than me because i'd be like oh okay nope in my head i'm like let me calculate all this stuff because it's not gonna be a good situation and then when i got all my information in my head i need to have a talk with you i'm talking right then yeah (laughs) yeah i i don't want to calculate nothing i'm you just said you went to the gas you said you went to the gas station i thought you said you went to the (laughs) y'all know how i am right y'all know how i am see i'm gonna do both i might it because it depends on what it is for me if it's something yeah. like, if it's big, then no, nah, I'm coming That's at immediate, you. That's immediate, yeah. Yeah, I'm yeah. coming at you right now. Uh, but if it's moderate, I'm like, hmm, okay, hold on. Let me check myself real quick. Let me make sure what I'm thinking is all right. Am I am I tripping? Am I tripping? Because <laughs> something about that didn't sound right. Mm-hmm. Then I'm about to come confront you. And see, the thing f- for me, I don't like holding any I don't care if it's big or small just because I don't I don't want those little minions like that to start building and then I get <laughs> <Not minions>. uh-huh. <laughs> and then I start <laughs> and then I start having resentments you know because the resentments can be a real quick you know mm-hmm. yeah and so like I said I, I call myself as best I can being um as transparent as I can and so that means me telling you what I just heard it don't sound right 
Mm-hmm. You know, not just with my information, but also with what I'm hearing too, you yeah. know? Yeah. Yeah. Something I want to add to the whole seekers thing is uh, Dr. Strickland talked about, you know, different levels. There's also different types of secrets. Mm-hmm. And so there are three different types of secrets. There's the individual secrets, the internal family secrets, and the shared family secrets. Um, the individual secret is a secret that's kept by one person from the rest of the family. And it includes things like a teenager hiding uh, their romantic relationship or not coming in at curfew and they're able to sneak into the house. Um, now, each one of these, though, can have levels. Mm-hmm. So you can still have Dr. Strickland's level one, level two, level three. It's not just a lower level just type. because it's individual yes mm-hmm. so you can have that extramarital affair going on and um you know a lot of things that we've seen in session is sometimes you have the parent taking the kids with the extramarital affair and you like, <laughs> like you thought that was wise dude yes. you didn't think your kid was gonna tell their mama <laughs> <laughs> so okay. it's that's just not that's not healthy that's you not know? smart no mm-hmm. no not and one of the things that I need if teenagers listen, <laughs> one of the things that I, I need for teenagers to understand is that this is how you lose trust with your parents. When you're sneaking out, when you have this secret relationship, when you um, have things going on at school and you're not sharing those things because mm-hmm it's affecting your life and you're keeping these secrets from your parents. And that's a way for you to lose your, their trust for you, which then leads to you not being able to hang out with your friends Mm -hmm. all the time, not being able to hang out with your boyfriend all the time, you know, not them not allowing Mm -hmm. you to drive the car when you want. Um, Mm -hmm. And, and then the other secret of, you know, using drugs or drinking alcohol as a teenager, that's definitely a way that's a level three. Mm-hmm. yeah it caused it it ends up being like this paradoxical thing it ends up causing the thing that you don't want mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly mm-hmm. you know you don't want your parent to be involved you don't want them knowing all your business but if you're keeping things from them especially things that are serious then they definitely going to get it once they figure out something mm-hmm. is going on they definitely are getting in your business mm-hmm. yeah. and people that love you and care about you can feel when something is off they may not know what that something is but they can feel it is off Agreed. and then they're not gonna like dr jones and strickland say they're not they're no longer gonna trust you yeah it's gonna become a problem and then also it prevents you from being able to be vulnerable with them because mm-hmm. you're yeah. keeping part of yourself away from them mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it causes division yep you know it when you're in a house with a house full of people division (laughs) (laughs) division is definitely something that can ruin relationships and then you don't know how to rebuild it especially if you're a teenager and 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 parent because you don't so then you just continue to grow and grow and grow in age and then you don't even know how to reconcile that yeah Mm -hmm. that's crazy Mm -hmm. and you know we'll probably talk about this a little bit uh for all of the different types of secrets but the longer you hold on to stuff, we've talked before in different sessions that it will start to have a physical effect on you. Mm-hmm. You know, holding on to a secret, that is a stress beyond what uh, most people can even imagine, especially the more intense the secret is, yeah. the the more effect it's going to have on you physically, mm-hmm. um, you know, We've talked about, uh, I believe, in our stress management um, yep. session, mm-hmm. with session, session one, right? Yep. Um, we talked about this in stress management that, one, your body doesn't really know the difference between good stress and bad, bad stress. It just knows that something's going on and, you <laughs> okay, like, okay. What are we doing? Yeah, your mind knows the difference, but your body physically doesn't necessarily know. And if you are walking around with a bunch of secrets, um, like, for example, if you are um, you belong to the LGBTQ plus community and you are fearful of coming out and you are holding on to that mm-hmm. from your family. Mm-hmm. You know, this is the type of thing that leads to suicide for, um, some people, uh, anxiety, anxiety depression. Yes. Um, anorexia, mm-hmm. you know, it can lead to, you try to control your life in all of these other ways because you feel, you know, secrets have a way of growing legs and morphing. So then you feel like this thing is, it, it takes control of you. 
Yeah. But then on the flip side, especially with that type of secret, um, you also have to be open. Like if I don't feel like you're a person that's going to be able to hear my secret and protect my emotions as well as, yes, (laughs) as well as receive it without judging me, I'm not going to share that secret with you. Mm -hmm. And then that's no longer on me because I'm protecting me. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's both sides Mm -hmm. can have some fault in that. Mm -hmm. So, and this is for everybody, but particularly parents, if you're going to ask your child what's wrong with them, don't ask them if you're not ready for the answer. Yeah. Because you may get a mouthful that may not be as simple as, well, me and my friend had a argument. No, no, no. Mm-hmm. It may not be something simple like that. It's some, it may be something bigger, like coming out. Mm-hmm. I talk about that, um, or I have spoken about that when I've had um, younger clients that have had um, abuse, um, sexual abuse. Mm-hmm. And when I talk to the parent, because then you know I let any child that I'm working with. Anything that has to do with your safety, there is no secret. Mm -hmm. I'm not. I say the same thing. It doesn't matter. Your safety is number one. Mm -hmm. So I'm going outside of safety. I will not specifically talk about what you say in session. I will give them general themes. Mm -hmm. But if it's a safety concern, I'm going to specifically Mm -hmm. tell your parent what you said. Mm -hmm. I will give you an opportunity to do it first. Mm -hmm. Um, And then then I will give you an if you don't can't do it on your own. I will give you an opportunity for me to do it with you. And if, even if that is too much, then I will do it for you. Mm -hmm. Um, and if in the times I've had to do it for the client, um, I try to prepare the parent, like, look, you cannot react Mm -hmm. to what you're about to hear. Mm -hmm. Your child is about to tell you something that is going to hurt you probably more than you've ever been hurt in your entire Mm -hmm. life. Mm -hmm. But you need to have the most stoic, flat response that you can muster Mm -hmm. because they're going to test you to see if they can, if the little bit that I did give you, how are you reacting to the little bit that I did give you? Mm -hmm. Is your love loyal? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the things that I've often uh, said to my adults that adults need to have um, testers like teenagers because Mm -hmm. they will definitely do just what Dr. Strickland just said, give you just a little bit to see if how you're going to react. Mm-hmm. And if you react poorly, they're not going to tell you nothing else. Mm-hmm. Never again. Never. <laughs> and then that's again, going back to kind of what we've been talking about, you know, guys, that this is how secrets continue to go on for generations. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because I gave you my tester. I can't, oh my gosh, it just hurts my heart. I cannot tell you how many clients I've had that have come in and have been abused and said, well, I told my mama. Mm. And she said, well, what did you do? Mm-hmm. Or she didn't believe me. Or they may have, you know, left the boyfriend, a husband or whatever, but then they didn't sit down with you and talk to you about any of it. Mm-hmm. You just, you just had to go on like life mm-hmm. goes on. Mm-hmm. Or they believed you and they chose him over you. Yes. Or mm-hmm. her, whichever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, So, you know, and that's how, again, like we've been kind of talking about how these things go on for generations Mm -hmm. where people in the family know certain things are going on, Mm -hmm. but no one talks about it. No one holds anyone accountable Mm -hmm. and people are allowed to continue to perpetrate and abuse across several generations yeah yeah and we we gonna get into that one because that's that follow that's, up under that third one yeah mm-hmm. yeah um, <laughs> yeah let, let's dial yeah. it back a little bit <laughs> the second one is internal family secrets and that's going to involve two um people who are keeping secret from one person or many other people in their family and that's that can be the birthday present from a child mm-hmm. or um that can be the divorce one mm-hmm. it it's what ends up happening in those situations is that you create a split loyalty and the person who knows both sides is torn between do I rat you out and lose your trust 
or do I break this person's trust and not tell them anything? And it's not a predicament you should be putting somebody in that you truly love. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. now you've put that person in the middle. Yeah, and they can't maintain that. Right, mm-hmm. because they, because then the thing is, okay, then my loyalty lies to you, but I also have loyalty to you. But if I don't tell you, then you're going to think and believe that I don't have loyalty to you. Mm-hmm. It's an almost impossible position to be in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. Intergenerational. Yes. Wow. Not yeah. here for it. Mm-hmm. Don't ask me to keep no secrets that's harmful. Mm-hmm. don't infringe on my rights because i'm not keeping that yep not because mm-hmm. keep me with no heart attack i'm good thank you <laughs> right okay right enough stress as in my is. life as y'all it know it's 2020 right <laughs> <laughs> yeah 2020 has been here for five years okay <laughs> i know oh, this has been the longest shortest year ever <laughs> it's going quickly fast slowly yes. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> But yeah, that the inner the internal family uh, secret will kind of be on a, a loop, and it just mm. keeps going and keeps going until somebody breaks, mm-hmm. um, and it don't be a good break at all. Yeah. But the the third one, the final one, which uh, Doctor Strickland was alluding to earlier, is shared family secrets, and these are the ones that are like the big mama ones like this ain't no joke yeah. like it's about to bring down the whole family in some type of way they're gonna turn against each other mm-hmm. um it's pieces of information known within the family but forbidden to outsiders on one hand mm-hmm. but they also are never solved or healed that's where you get the generations of substance abuse you get the mm-hmm. the perpetrators on other folks in the family mm-hmm. um the common saying is what goes on in this house stays in this house mm-hmm. you don't be telling stuff our business ain't nobody out here trying to be dysfunctional like that no more right, right. you know that is steeped in, especially in african-american history that is steeped in um not trusting mm-hmm. people yeah. who mm-hmm were lighter complected than us <laughs> because of the nature of how most people were brought to America. You also see this in a lot of native American, um, tribes. Mm-hmm. I wish a, wo- I wish a foreigner would yeah. <laughs> come up in here. Yeah. They'd be like, who are you? Oh, you're not, you're not crossing that boundary. Mm-hmm. And so in that sense, yeah, that's, that's understandable. You want to be protective of your, your tribe, your family unit, your yeah. culture, but, you can't do that to an extent where now you're killing the people that you love emotionally and mentally. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you, you get people who don't know how to cope because they're, they are trying to cope with this secret, Mm -hmm. not knowing if this secret is out and you begin to communicate about the secret, you no longer have to cope with this big secret. And now you can learn how to cope in a healthy way Yeah, because it's hard to, uh, to cope and you have this big secret. Yeah. And there's a re-traumatization that happens with this. Mm-hmm. Especially when you have people that are perpetrators, you know, on the family or even with substance abuse. Mm-hmm. You know, you are, if you're continuing to have to be around this person. So mm-hmm. you have been abused by somebody and you still got to go to the family function and you still got to, you know, hug them and, uh, you know, speak to them. You know, that's a we again people don't think about this but that is a re-traumatization every single time you force this person to be around someone that has hurt them you know in terrible ways and these are some of the reasons why people um cut off their family Mm yeah you know they get up and they leave and they're like you know what you know f this i'm not dealing with this no more and they just leave and they never come back you don't hear from them you know all these types of things because there comes a point where it's either I'm going to protect me or I'm going to slowly kind of die inside of this system. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I find that this one has a lot to do with image. Hmm. Yeah. How the family as a whole is seen. Don't you disrupt my good name. Oh, your name ain't good. First of all, it's borrowed from from a plantation. That's the first thing. <laughs> but it, it's not good in the first place. So it's it's this thing of like protecting the family from being judged or protecting the perpetrator because maybe they the the patriarch of the family or whatever. I'm one of those people in my personal life. Oh, let all this 
fall apart. <laughs> yeah. Well, and the thing is, you people continue to think that confronting is it has to lead to something aggressive and negative and and it don't now granted if you're an adult and these things have something some sort of abuse has happened it you're past the statute of limitations so they're probably not going to go to jail but the thing is you can still confront the perpetrator and they don't have to like it and they don't it's they're not going to like it yeah and so expect it they Mm -hmm. may deny it they may they may or they may not even remember they may not remember they may not but but i have had a client that said that um Mm -hmm. she did and her perpetrator apologized and that does happen and that happens does and so there is a way for you to still be able to do this in a healthy way and and still get what you need Mm -hmm. you know it it can go either way but either way you can get it off of you because honestly although you may have been you you are the survivor all of that pain and the hurt and resent that don't even belong to you. Yeah. That belongs to them because they were the perpetrator. Mm-hmm. It, creates a, it creates, excuse me, uh, a wall mm-hmm. in the family. Mm-hmm. It's like each individual person is in their own little shut off place. It's like a honeycomb. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's a good visual. Y'all mm-hmm. all together, mm-hmm. but y'all separate. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Y'all some dysfunctional, non-emoting people Mm -hmm. and there has to come some point where you start you know doing the work you break those generational curses and you don't continue that stuff but if there's never any acknowledgement of these secrets for yourself i'm not saying you get somebody to acknowledge they did something to Mm -hmm. you you can do that work if it's possible Mm -hmm. but it's about you Mm -hmm. how am i holding up am i healed am i dealing with my stuff because if you don't Oh, you about to pass that on to your kids or you're going to mm-hmm. pass it on to your little cousins or yeah. nieces, nephews, whatever the situation, to your dog. Mm-hmm. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like, okay. do the Get work Get that Freud need. out there. <laughs> Displacement. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Them defense mechanisms. Because, you know, we need to have one about defense mechanisms. We definitely do. You know, because <laughs> I'm thinking about family secrets. Just when you said that, I'm like, yeah, that creates all kinds of defense mechanisms. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. You can't create what you grow up with is going to determine how you can exist outside of your family home. Mm -hmm. And And there are a lot of people who are the same age internally of whenever they got hurt and mm -hmm. they never grew up, they never healed. And we got a whole bunch of adult babies out here. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. The inner child. I love doing inner child work. And I always say, look, it's about to be real hippy dippy. What we're about to do in here. Mm -hmm. And they're like, what you mean, Dr. Strickland? Because you got to take care of the inner child. We're going to talk about your inner child. Mm -hmm. Oh, they hate that work. Mm -hmm. They hate that work. Because it's tough. It's tough work because you you have to actually go back. Yeah. You know, sometimes you got to bury your inner child and recreate them. Sometimes you got to go right. I always have my, and we've said this in a past session, I always have my clients, when they're dealing with that stuff, write a letter to their younger self um, to help them feel supported because you got to reconcile the parts you live in a very disjointed life and Mm -hmm. then once they get through that and we've healed that past trauma i make the younger self um write a letter to the adult yeah i always have Mm -hmm. my clients to um start by paying attention to what the inner child is telling them Mm -hmm. like when you get in a situation where you feel like you're very, you know, very uncomfortable, very, you know, whatever emotions Mm -hmm. come up that is very uncomfortable for you. Like what is the inner child telling you? Mm Because that joker is smart Mm -hmm. because children operate off of intuition and vibes. Mm -hmm. That's why kids are so cold blooded and observant. They're observant. They will tell you what they think. And I'm a firm believer in don't ever shut your kids off from that. Guide them and help direct them. Yeah. So Um, it's productive. Exactly. And another part of that, and I know I'm kind of on my soapbox of being a sex therapist, is teach your children what consent look like. And teach them what good and bad touches are. And who they should be coming from. Yeah. Yes. Don't force your child to hug people. Don't Mm -hmm. force your child to say hi to people. Mm -hmm. Ask. Yeah. Do you want to go hug Aunt uh, Aunt Julia? And if they say no, nah, you'd be like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Is, 
you mad at her? Like, you can ask questions, yeah. but you shouldn't be like, well, why you don't want to? No, 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 no. And don't be like, girl, go on over there and hug your aunt. Nope. No. I Not don't at want all. To. <laughs> because then you teach them that people can make me feel uncomfortable and I got to take it and give them what they need instead of what I need. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Even in the office, like, they all know I'm a, a, a what is it? A touch person, a physical touch person. And I will still ask them, you need a hug? Mm-hmm. They'll be like, I do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's real. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, again, that still ties back to secrets, mm-hmm. you know, because if you're taught in your family that your body is not your own, then, then you, that's a recipe for the disaster when they become an adult. Right. Cause you're taught your body is not your own in a very traumatic way Mm -hmm. but then how that plays out in a real world you know regular setting is like we were just saying well go hug her Mm -hmm. go say hi to that's it in a quote-unquote safe way even though it's it's not but it it gives the umbrella yeah it's the umbrella and the veil of being done safely Mm -hmm. but you've learned these other ways in which my body is not my own so Mm -hmm. when i go out on a date and he wants to have sex i have to have sex since my body is not my own mm-hmm. oh he bought me dinner mm-hmm. okay so i guess that means i got to mm-hmm. or vice versa because mm-hmm. this happens it, you know it happens this, both mm-hmm. it happens with men as well exactly um it ends up creating we're a not culture. gonna say that women out here are no, not perpetrators as well are. oh yeah they definitely are because and i would probably venture to say that we're a little bit more um calculated yes that's the word i was looking for and it's sad because you, Dr. Strickland has said this several times, men don't make an outcry. They don't have permission to. They don't have permission to. And then if they do, it's like, dude, like she a grown woman. You got to have sex with a grown woman. What, what you, you complaining should about? That. Exactly. That's, that's a notch you, on your belt. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Or your bedpost, whichever one you want. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it ends up creating a culture in your family system or, you know, whoever these traumas are happening with but it ends up creating a a culture that says that this is acceptable this Mm -hmm. is okay um somebody that kind of pops up in my head that was recently a few months back in the news is um little boosie i was i swear i was thinking and how he been out here getting ladies of the night because we're not trying to get demonetized um (laughs) to be intimate with his minor Mm -hmm. children and by minor i mean not even teenage yet yeah. And that's a rite of passage. But yet they're not going to do that to the daughters. Not saying that they should. But there's this weird dichotomy going on in his family system. I'm like, you are participating in sexual assault. Mm-hmm. 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 And just because the child is a boy. Doesn't, doesn't mean that that's appropriate. No. Yeah. And it's so common because I know oh, um, yeah. the the artist formerly known as Lil Wayne because I don't know who he is right now but the artist formerly known as Lil Wayne Mm -hmm. had this exact same experience and it's a very common thing that ends up happening and it takes me back to when we were doing the trope trope tripping two episode when we were talking about buck breaking Mm -hmm. yes Mm y'all doing the exact same thing that was forced upon people centuries ago and don't even realize y'all doing it because y'all haven't broke the trauma Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah and that's so, yeah. yeah, we could go into a whole lot of things on the disparities between men, boy, let me not say men and women, boys and girls, because mm-hmm. uh, there's a different disparities between men and women. But mm-hmm. there's a lot of differences in how we treat boys and girls and some of the things that are OK for girls and OK for boys mm-hmm. and not OK for girls and not OK for boys. And you know, just kind of keeping in with our secret thing, you know, um, for boys, like we've said, if they mm-hmm. are having relations with an adult female, um, women can be perpetrators too and do some of the same, you know, grooming and, um, well, don't tell nobody because insert reason, reason, reason. If I can't tell nobody what you're doing, this is illegal and inappropriate. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. a movie comes to mind and I don't know if everybody has seen the movie or read the books is 50 shades of gray. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of people who haven't read or seen the movies think that this is just about 
getting tied up somewhere that is not what the it's about it really goes into depth about this adopted individual's trauma and what he has lived through in his um before he was adopted by this family and then what he lived through at the hands of a family friend and the fact that he had been told that this was okay by mm-hmm. this person mm-hmm. mama didn't well adopted mama didn't know adopted father didn't know but as soon as they found out oh it was on and popping mm-hmm. yeah mom was like oh get out of my house mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. know and it's sad and he would not have been free of her if his boo thing hadn't been like that's not normal mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. not okay yeah yeah mm. man secrets <laughs> oh they'll kill you yeah so and the family dynamic mm-hmm. yes yeah it oh man it creates such unhealthy dynamics mm-hmm. that are so unconscious mm. you know these are not like things that we just walk around thinking you know mm-hmm. i'm gonna hold this family secret and i'm just gonna you know it's not like that you know it is in a certain look you know or the change in tone of someone's voice or um you know certain words that are spoken you know it's very mm-hmm. subtle a lot of times it's not a big overt like someone's gonna say don't tell anyone now of course that does happen a lot in like certain particular types of Mm -hmm. situations but for the most part a lot of things in families are just unspoken rules Mm -hmm. you have to really as an adult you have to live intentionally and you really have to be checking in with yourself and have a a good amount of self-awareness um an area of family that i also want to make sure we just briefly touch on Mm -hmm. is your church family I'm, I almost dropped the mic <laughs> and I'm not even holding it. I was like, it's in a stand. <laughs> but because, you know, we live in the Bible Belt and church is such an ingrained part of a lot of people's world mm-hmm. or spirituality is ingrained into a lot of people that that part of family or oh, that part can't do no wrong. Mm. And they normally do some of the most wrong. Mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. just heard, so you know all this applies mm-hmm. to them too. Yeah. i've heard that from several clients actually um that have subsequently left um whatever religion they were a part of it's mm-hmm. been various catholic mormon um baptist um all over all over mm-hmm. um but that they did not feel that they could you know really come to people with questions Mm -hmm. come to people with um like who they genuinely were and a lot of times it happens for my my queer individuals i probably say that's my more frequent Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. people that um leave um their respective churches or religion but you know they just didn't feel like they could walk in in who they are yeah I have seen a lot of African-American women um, be sexually assaulted by their ministers. And I mean, Mm full-fledged intimacy they got, Mm. kids they age. A wife. A wife. Yep. They are prominent figures Mm -hmm. in this area. Mm -hmm. Um, And my clients have had to file, you know, anonymous reports and give Mm. different things. Mm -hmm. Like, you having a whole situation... And the wife, no. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. I was like, oh, we're not doing this on my watch. This is what we're not going to do. Now, it take oh, a while man. before they're ready to report because mm-hmm. I, I right. can't re-traumatize my client. Mm-hmm. But it does come to a point where I'm like, okay, I have to report this because there are children in the congregation. There are other things going on, and they be grooming. Mm. Yeah. You know, this is stuff wow. you see on Lifetime, mm-hmm. not yeah. in your face, but it's happening. Wow. Yeah. Oh, that's scary. It is because because I've actually had a had clients that also reported, but they were children, like teenagers, mm-hmm. and they were part of ministries, <laughs> and were made to. They were picked up by nope the leader, jeez, <laughs> nope. and were and was made to go with him to because he was supposedly taking her to practice. Mm. You you ain't got no reason to take my kid nowhere. Mm. And see, when you don't teach your children how to express and understand people, mm-hmm. understand intent, understand, like you said, Dr. Wall, consent, you know, 
they can internalize this, that there's something wrong with me. Mm-hmm. Yep. That I deserved whatever mm-hmm. took place. Uh, it was my fault. It was my fault. Or I want to be a good kid. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, or in a twisted way, I was special. Exactly. Mm-hmm. My, I'm not going to say this person's name at all, but one of my uh, little sisters that I kind of adopted uh, when I was still in my hometown, something like this happened um, to where an older individual, I'm going to say a gentleman because there ain't nothing gentle about, gentle about him, but where she was preyed on. And that trauma has been long lasting. It's yeah. something that it took a really long time for her to get over. Of course, now she's doing great, um, married, got babies and stuff like that. So, you know, she was able to get through it. But it always is like, why weren't you paying attention? Mm-hmm. You can't trust people just because you like them. Mm-hmm. That's not a good enough so, reason. Right. So let me, since we're on this, we've been on this topic of uh some sort of sexual abuse Mm -hmm. for parents and if you have your children listening to this episode one of the things or some of the things to look out for um is from perpetrators is that one they are either while they're grooming is one they are either super nice so they give them everything they want. They praise them to the highest or, you know, they always want to be around them. That's one. Or they go the completely opposite way. They're really, really mean to them. Mm-hmm. And they're really, really mean. That can be one way because when it, if, when it comes time for them to make an outcry, what happens is they won't be believed because you already think, oh, well, you didn't like him anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, what? Well, he's always so mean to you. Right. And be care- one of the things I've ne- I never understood my uh, one of my aunts, she can't stand to see adults wrestle with children. And I never understood that until I started working with sex offenders. Um, and one of the things that you definitely have to watch out for parents is wrestling and taking your children to the restroom and bathing. Mm hmm. Um, those are key because one, well, not the, well, yeah, the wrestling, they can mistakenly touch any appropriate, inappropriate body part. And when they're bathing, they have a reason to touch that area. Mm-hmm. And if they, if they take them to the restroom, they have a reason to touch that area. So no one suspects it being an unhealthy mm-hmm. touch yeah. because it's suspect it's expected. Yeah. So so you have to be really careful with who you have your children around. Mm-hmm. Um and you have to pay attention to your children because they'll let you know that something feels different. They'll let you they'll and I remember uh when I first started working with sex offenders. Um there was it was an article I was reading and this little boy kept going to school and telling his teacher that my dad always eats my hot dog. Mm-hmm. The teacher was like, okay. He, I mean, she's mm-hmm. thinking it's food. Yeah. Come to find out it was something it else. Was something else. Mm-hmm. And so you have, so I always tell my parents to teach their children the, correct the nicknames and the correct terms mm-hmm. for the body, body parts. parts because they give them these little cutesy names. Mm-hmm. And so when they report it, no one knows what they're talking about. Yeah. They, you know, so there's some tidbits. Yeah. Which I think again, goes back to kind of everything that we've been saying. This is why if you've had these experiences in your life and you know, you talking about these things and not keeping them to yourself. Again, you do need to t- tell every single nitty gritty detail No, but if you've had these types of experiences in your life and you have children, it is holding that and preventing them from understanding those types of things to, if it happens to them, like, oh, wait, my mom said, or my dad said, you know, that this can be like this, you know? Um, So it's essential to not depending upon the type of secret, depending upon the level of the secret, it is essential to kind of, to really think about 
how holding that is benefiting you and then how does it benefit the world around you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I did kind of want to, I, I know this may feel like a sharp left turn to you guys. <laughs> so I'm going to apologize and disclaim that right now. But can you ladies think of a time where having either a secret or a family secret is beneficial? I mean, like we were saying, like if you have a surprise coming up, a surprise engagement, like I threw my mom one of those, you know, anniversary mark, birthdays or whatever. And I was like, everybody got to be secret. Like that's that's a good thing. Or if you're studying for something and you don't want too much pressure, that's that's a limited amount of time that you're going to be like that. And then as soon as you're done, you can tell everybody I passed. I did this like it, sh- it should be a relief. I think it I think. To add on to that, it I would say when there it, it needs to be an appropriate time and or age, mm-hmm. you know. So, um, I would say like uh, I I know we we talked about adoption earlier. The a child is not going to understand that they're adopted if they're six months. You're telling them you're adopted. They don't understand that. <laughs> so mm-hmm. so like appropriate age may be like four, maybe five to let them know that they've been adopted. When you it, start talking about the family parts. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You gotcha. know, so I would say age and timing. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And just to piggyback on what you're saying, Dr. Jones, it's important to realize that your kids are intelligent. Mm-hmm. You can tell yes. them the information and make it age appropriate. You keeping mm-hmm. stuff from them is not helping them be able to process what's going on. Mm-hmm. It's actually a hindrance. And it, um, it essentially ties their hands behind their back and they cannot participate in the situation that's going on. Mm-hmm. Cause you, you, you're the parent, you teach them, you help them to process. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What about you, Dr. Strickland? What do you think? Um, I agree with what you ladies have said, you know, that for me, it kind of depends that on the intensity of whatever the secret is, you know, if it's something fairly small, like we've talked about birthday, anniversary, graduate, um, you know, some sort of party or you're taking a test or of some sort. Um, or if you, it's going to be time limited, like less, even if it is an intense secret, like if I'm sick, mm-hmm. but I need to pr- time to process it myself, mm-hmm. you know, to even understand like what in the world, the news that I just got. Yeah. And to make sure you get all of the information. Right. So that then I don't unnecessarily, unintentionally um hurt my family because whatever news if it's something like that it's going to hurt them but if I don't know all of the details and when they start asking me 50 11 questions and I don't have the information you know it can then cause a whole nother set of issues to be you know um created because people are very good about filling in the blanks yes (laughs) with (laughs) their own Mm storyline um so if it's going to be a time limited, even if it's a big one, then, you know, there is some benefit to that. Um, and I even think like this is less, um, this is not as prevalent now as maybe as it was back then. But like I'm thinking, you know, having a child out of wedlock used to be mm-hmm. very detrimental yes. to a family. Yeah. You know, so sometimes having even though, you know, you don't want to hide a hide a child, but, you know, not disclosing that this child was born out of wedlock, you know, would have been beneficial to the family Mm -hmm. because, you know, that would have been a financial burden that would have been a social burden. So I think, you know, there was some family secrets back in the day that would have made a lot of sense. Again, in today's time, that's not necessarily as big of an issue. But, you know, I think it just kind of depends. Unless you're in a church. But, yes. But giving up a child for an adoption. Yes. Is one that people. still there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It has a lot of stigma and shame attached to it instead of it being, you know, seen from a place of a blessing and Mm -hmm. um, to give the child a better life. You know, it's all about how you process things and really think about what you're going to need further down the line Mm -hmm, because mm -hmm. you might want to open adoption 
versus a closed one. Like you really have to be in the yeah. right headspace, and that's not always going to be simple or easy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, um, you know, we tend to end our sessions off with a quote. So today's quote is brought to you by Heather Brooke. Uh, it reads as follows. Leaks are not the problem. They are the symptom. They reveal a disconnect between what people want and need to know and what they actually do know. The greater the secrecy, the more likely a leak. Must be this volume control. So, okay, interns, process your notes. Be sure to catch us next session and find us on all major platforms at The Recycled Podcast. If you're a new intern, be sure to like, comment, subscribe, and share. Thanks for listening. And remember, we are shifting and reshaping our psyche through healing conversations and connections, one discussion at a time.